Welcome to the View in Your Mirror podcast. We are your hosts, Lisa Rubin and Katie Harms. From new moves to tried and true strategies, we'll dissect the ways in which clothing and a little organization can and does affect your daily life. Come along as we hope to inspire, engage, and shape your rituals as well as your shapewear. Lisa, we are back with what I would call a special edition of the View in Your Mirror. I like that special edition. I like that a lot. Do you? Mm-hmm, I do. Well, because we're going to have the spotlight right on you for this special edition, my friend. And we've even started differently from our normal podcast. We, we have. We have. <laughs> but it's okay, yeah. right? We're learning how to do this. And speaking of learning how to do this, we are learning about the rating system and how podcasts really work. You know, we are two people who started our podcast out of a shared passion for what we do and for wanting to share the abundance of knowledge that we've curated really over a lifetime of working with people. And the podcast platform, especially for us in the pandemic, was a wonderful way to do that. And because of Zoom and all of that, we've we've really enjoyed it. And we've got a lot of significant feedback from people And we've gotten some suggestions on how we could change things. And we appreciate all of it. What we really want to do is to encourage people to rate us on podcast platforms. There are ratings. There are the ability to rate. Now, it might take a little while to figure out how to do that. I know Apple Podcasts is probably one of the most well-known. When you rate us, that gives people an opportunity to know about us and learn a little bit more about us. So we'll remind you of this from time to time as you're listening to us. If you like what we're doing, please give us a rating. If you don't like what we're doing, please get a hold of us and let let us know what we could do better. And uh, we're open to all sorts of suggestions. So with that, we're going to get right into our topic. Lisa gets a lot of questions on what happens when you are invited to an event. And that event can be a work event, can be a wedding. I have a wedding that I'm going to very shortly. And it's a cocktail attire. So I reached out to Lisa, asked her what exactly that means. So let's go from the top. You get invited. Do you have categories, Lisa, of it's a work event, a personal event? How does that first start? Well, the first thing I ask people is what does it say in the bottom corner of the invite? Or if it's an email for a business event, do they talk about the attire? If it's a business event and you're a woman, I'd probably stay away from looking sexy. Other than that, I think that what they say for attire, there's a whole category of what that means. It's the do's and the don'ts. There's more don'ts than do's. I think what we should do is go through all the categories, talk about each one, and the do's and the don'ts and give some suggestions on what to think about when you receive an invitation and you don't have this sheer panic of, oh my God, I have nothing to wear. So let's talk about the most formal, which really doesn't happen anymore. I was just going to ask you about that. How, how common is that? Well, white tie is the most formal. It's very traditional dress. It's the most formal you can get. And basically today we only see it like at formal state dinners. But someone listening to this podcast might be invited to a formal state dinner down the line. So I just want to talk about it a little bit. And what that means for a man is very strict rules. A man should have black pants with a matching jacket that has tails down to his knees. He must have studs. He must have cufflinks. And 
only a bow tie that has not been pre-tied. Wow. Okay. What's a stud? What's a stud? A stud is what goes into the tuxedo shirt. Instead of buttons, it's a piece of jewelry, let's call it, that goes into where the buttons would go. So anyone that's wearing a tuxedo, you can buy shirts now with buttons or without buttons. Traditional is without buttons. The next person that is invited to a state dinner, they need to call us and tell us about it. <laughs> for, for the woman for white tie, it is only strictly a long gown, nothing else. And you should have a pair of white gloves on. They can be up to the elbow or not. But generally, if you see a traditional white tie event, they will have gloves up to their elbow. So that's all you really need to know about white tie. Oh, thank God. Let's move on from there. Makes me nervous (laughs) just thinking about it. (laughs) Okay. So the next one is what we would call black tie, correct? Yes. Now let's start with black tie first, and then you might get an invitation that's even more frustrating. It says formal. Do you wear black tie or do you not? So a black tie event for a man would be a tuxedo. Let me guess, a black tie? (laughs) You know what? That's kind of been softened a little bit. Depends on where you're wearing this. If it's to a wedding, a business function, whatever. If it's to a wedding, I would say you absolutely have to have a tuxedo on. You have to have a tux shirt on. You have to have tux shoes on. You don't have to wear suspenders. You can wear suspenders, but you can wear a black tie or you can wear a really fun bow tie and it can be in a color. Yeah. I wouldn't wear a tie in a color. I would only wear a tie if it's all black. All right. For a woman, black tie means long gown. That's what it means. If you want to do what you should be doing, you should wear a full length gown. If you don't like wearing a full length gown for whatever reason, you need to wear a cocktail dress that is at your knee or below. The fun part of a black tie affair is if you have any really good jewelry that you don't wear very often, put it all on for the black tie event. Enjoy it, wear it, love it. If you're a person that doesn't have any really good jewelry, there are places that you can actually borrow jewelry if you'd like. Rent the Runway is one of them. Um, Jewelry? Yeah, they do jewelry. Not real jewelry, but really nice sparkly jewelry. If you want to buy something new, it can sparkle all the way. Earrings, necklace, bracelet, whatever you're comfortable in, ring. Um, your shoes should be dressy shoes. They shouldn't be shoes that you would wear to the office. They have to be in good condition. Um, they can't look dirty. Um, they could be patent. They could be suede. They could be silk. Those are just suggestions. The higher the heel, the better. If you're a person that can't wear high heels, fine. Then wear a, maybe a kitten heel. If you can't wear a kitten heel for whatever reason, then buy a really cute dressy flat, have your dress shortened so that you don't see your shoe and the the dress hovers right above the top of the shoe. Should the handbag match the shoe? Oh, wait a minute. Let's not even talk about handbags yet. We still got a whole, we got way more to go. Well, but it's different for black tie than it is for. Well, but then we'll get into that with handbags. I want to go through the list because I'm like waiting for my event. What's coming up. I want to know if I did everything right. Let's talk formal. So we talked black tie, right? What does formal mean? What is the difference between black tie and formal? What formal means is you don't necessarily as a man have to wear a tuxedo, but what you do have to wear is a dark suit and a tie and a very good pair of dress shoes. That's for a man. For a woman, what formal means is that you must wear the dressiest dress that you possibly can think of wearing 
and it, the dress should be again at your knee or below. So a short little cute fun dress, if it says formal, is not the standard for formal. All right, then semi-formal. Semi-formal. Okay, but let's, Katie, let's just talk about one more thing about this. People are going to say, well, I don't want to spend the money on a black tie event. I don't get invited to them very often. And I don't know if I want to put the money into it. Let's talk about resources. So there's Rent the Runway is one. But I would tell you that if you're going to do that, as soon as you know the date, start looking right away. It's a popular website and it's hard sometimes to get what you really want, but you can have great success. You can go to the real, real, you can go to Poshmark. Those are resale. Those Those are resale, resale, but once you buy them, remember, you're going to keep them rent the runway. You're renting it. Unless you love it, you can buy it. There's vintage shops. Well, go back for a second. When you talk about the real, real and Poshmark, those are online. There are physical stores for them, but they're few and far between. So you may be in a location where there's a physical store for the real, real. I'm actually not sure about Poshmark. I don't know if there's Poshmark stores, but the real, real, like there's a big one in Chicago. Yep. There's a big one in Chicago, very big one in LA. Much of that is really an online business. So you can find some good things there if you're willing to look. If you're willing to look. And they, the salespeople there are pretty good. So if you mm-hmm. walked in, but just remember, you're not going to get something at a price point that you could if you rented it from Rent the Runway. I mean, they're, they're still at a pretty high price point. Right. Going back, I think it really is important. And I can speak to that on the Rent the Runway. I got on it too late to find anything that really was going to work for me for this wedding that I have coming up. And there were some cute things on there, but nothing that really floated my boat. Now, had I gotten on when I got the invitation to the wedding three months ago, I'd have been golden. Yes. So that's why I suggest that. And then there's your consignment shops in the towns that you live in and resale shops in the towns that you live in. They're both kind of the same concept. Some are called consignment shops, some are called resale shops, and you can find some really great stuff, but you have to take the time to look because it's not returnable and you have to try it on generally. So you have to really enjoy the hunt. You have to enjoy the hunt. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that is the formal attire and it should be fun and put makeup on, get your hair done, all of the above when you're going to a formal event, have fun with it, enjoy it you'll feel really good once you do all of it. And truly, if it is a formal event that you're invited to, it's not going to pop up at the last minute. So again, plan for this. Exactly. I mean, if you're invited to a formal wedding versus a black tie wedding, you're going to get the invitation at least six weeks in advance. So, And quite honestly, you should have gotten in that formal wedding, you should have gotten a a save the date prior to that. But they don't usually tell you what the attire is at save the date. Ooh, good point. Good point, my friend. All right, let's talk about cocktail wear, which is the category that I'm falling into. Well, we missed semi-formal. We did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let's go back to semi-formal. So semi-formal is kind of a, I find it annoying. Either have it be formal, cocktail, black tie, semi-formal. My opinion on semi-formal is your dress should be dressier than what you wear to the office on your most formal day. 
Does that make sense? Well, it does, except I feel like that leaves a very, very, what type of office, what type of, uh, I mean, there might be offices where the dressiest you get is a sundress. So, well, that's true. But I would tell you if you were think of, well, a final interview. Yeah. You'd probably wear a suit. No, you wouldn't wear a suit like that to a semi-formal, but just think it's not going to be your dress that you would wear to a meeting. It's not going to be a dress that you would wear to a bridal shower. How's that? All right. Could semi-formal be the dress that you wore under a blazer that was then sleeveless that once you took that off and added some jewelry to it, you could make it work for a semi-formal? Absolutely. If it was in a dark color, a rich color, not a, a big pattern, not a lot of bang bangles. But if you wore a dress that was sequins, but it was a dress at your knee, that would be semi-formal. I know that sounds confusing, but you wouldn't a wear sequin dress, a sequin dress the to the knee. office. You would not, but you could get by with a sequin dress at a semi-formal. Why do I think that semi-formal for men gives, a, it's a little more identifiable? Well, it's easier. A semi-formal right. for men means that they don't have to wear a tux, but they need to wear a suit. They have to wear a tie. They can wear dress shoes, but not tux shoes. It should and be in a darker color. I wouldn't wear, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't suggest to a man to wear a light colored suit to a semi-formal wedding unless they included that in the invitation, you know, all white wedding or an all whatever wedding, which has been done. So um, or a garden party wedding, which would mean potentially lighter cocktail attire. Okay. Which brings us to cocktail well, just attire. Hold on. So a semi-formal attire, you do not have to wear a long gown. You can, if you want, but it is not required. Doesn't you could long gown scream formal in any realm? Yeah, but it's semi-formal. So if a woman has a really great long dress that she wants to wear again, she shouldn't feel bad about wearing it. That's part of semi-formal. Okay. Um, A dressy jumpsuit, Mm, semi-formal. Love a nice jumpsuit. I would keep it in a dark color. I'd keep it in a black, a navy, metallic, something like that. So I tell people, think of semi-formal as cocktail attire with all the bangs and whistles. All right. That brings us to cocktail attire. Cocktail attire. <laughs> so the, the thing I tell people is think chic, but polished. Help right? me out with that, Lisa. Dumb it down for me. <laughs> <laughs> so the dress should hover around your knee. You can have fun with it. It could be a bright color. It could be a bright pattern. It should be in a dressier fabric for cocktail attire. It should definitely be something that you wouldn't consider wearing to the office during the day. It should look special, refined, or fun. You know, if you wanted to wear backless dress in a silk or something, that's cocktail attire. Again, be careful. If it's a business function, be careful how sexy you really want to look. If it's a wedding, go for it. I think that's a good description because I think everyone has a different opinion of sexy and that could be a whole nother discussion, particularly for work, how far one goes, depending on the industry you're in. We're going to have a little discussion about that, Katie, when I get to undergarments, because you know how I feel about undergarments. I do. Now the (laughs) no-nos, the no-nos that I'd recommend for cocktail attire, no jeans, no tennis shoes, no athleisure wear, no work pants with a top for women. I think that would be the same list for men. Yes, it would be. But a man could wear his dress pants to a cocktail with a blazer, sport coat, and a really nice shirt and a pair of dress shoes. And he could wear that to a cocktail attire event. 
When you say cocktail attire for a man, you don't necessarily need to wear a tie. Really? All right. I would recommend Don't, let's it. Let's not tell my husband that until after the no, wedding. No, I would we? recommend it. <laughs> I would recommend it because depending on the type of function it is, you'll probably see more men in a tie or bow tie, but maybe with a sport coat rather than a suit for cocktail attire. I mean, men can mm. have fun with it too. You know, that's where they could wear, you know, a plaid sport coat that might be in pinks and khakis and whites, depending on where you are in the country, right? With a pair of khaki pants, I mean, a bow tie, that's cocktail attire. Okay. All right. Well, so now I think there's a fairly new term, resort Um, casual, casual, which sends everybody into a tailspin. You generally will see that though for business events. So I'm going to only talk about that in regards to if you're doing a resort casual attire that you see when you're going to go away for the first time now with your group and they say resort casual. Depending on where you're going and what you're doing, you need to see the schedule. To me, resort casual is a relaxed look of fun sophistication to the everyday work week. I wouldn't wear flip-flops, a bathing suit, or bathing suit cover-up to go to an event for resort casual. For a woman, that means a sundress, a maxi dress, a really cute pair of colored jeans with a fun top, a pair of capris or wide leg pants with a fun sandal. I would stay away from ripped anything, ripped shorts, ripped jeans, ripped dresses. And when you say, Lisa, who's going to wear a ripped dress? That's a trend right now where a dress will have like a ripped sleeve. It will have a ripped collar. That to me is not resort casual for a business event. It might be something fun to go on a vacation, but not for resort casual. The other thing is I would not recommend any athletic wear. When they ask you to be dressed in resort casual, no leggings for resort casual. I mean, if you're talking resort casual, unless you're skiing, I suppose you could be on a ski vacation. And but then you're I still su- going to come in for dinner. Right. So you're going to have to think about that and maybe wear a really nice pair of dark denim jeans with a fun blazer or a really nice cashmere turtleneck sweater if it's cold. Put a pair of booties on, a pair of boots on. That's resort casual. Do you think the reason people have hard time or pushback is because they're just not feeling comfortable in their own skin? Maybe. I mean, some of the problems that I see when I go to people's homes and we talk about all this is that they don't like half of the clothes in their closet. So for them to create outfits for things outside that they now they're going to work outside of work, which is now a problem. But when they were getting up and going and sitting in front of their computer all day, they didn't have to think about any of this. Now they have to think about all the different parts of what they have to put on to go to somewhere. And people just don't think they have the right stuff. And they probably do have really good bones in their closet, but they don't know how to use it properly. Well, and that's where you come in. That's where literally taking the time. I think the biggest thing is that I hear from people over and over again. And it's the reason why a lot of people don't have their closets redone is because the thought of taking it all out of there and going through it is just super daunting and overwhelming to people. It's so overwhelming. It, it, and I, I get it. I mean, I yes. understand it completely. That's why I wanted to do this podcast, because hopefully after listening to some of the things I'm talking about, go back into your closet, go look at your things right now 
and go see if you can find some really great pieces that you never thought would work in some of these categories and put them in a different place in your closet or in another closet so that when you get some of these invitations, you're going to go, aha, let me see what I pulled out. Because if it's just a blazer or it's one dress, or maybe you do have a long gown that you wore five years ago. And if you're still around the same weight or you can get it altered, you don't have to worry about it. Or if you have a long gown that you haven't worn but once, can you shorten that and make it right below your knee and it becomes now a cocktail dress? And then you also need time to do that to, in order to get it to Reza and <laughs> or, or to any other alterations or to person. Any other alterations person and, and to get that taken care of in enough time so that you're comfortable doing that. Fabulous advice. One other category I want to talk about before we move on to talking about handbags and to talk about jewelry and to talk about undergarments is business casual. Okay. So business casual, we could probably have a whole podcast on every day. It's changing. I just got a call yesterday from somebody who wants me to speak to their company because people are coming into work now and they're coming in dressed inappropriately for work. And they want me to discuss business casual. I think business casual in a general sense is think when you're getting dressed in the morning, you have upgrade your outfit to something other than if you went to go meet a girlfriend for breakfast in leggings and a sweatshirt, and you needed to go talk to someone you've never talked to before, what impression do you want to have on them? Would you wear leggings in a sweatshirt? That's, you know, you got to think about that. It, it's also, you know, where are you working? Where are you asking to be dressed in business casual? So for a woman, business casual means pants. Generally, it means shoes can be boots, booties, flats, loafers, I would tell you no tennis shoes. Okay, that's the don't. For the top, I would tell you nice sweater, a cardigan, a blouse and a cardigan, a blazer and a shell, something that breaks up the outfit, depending on where you are, a dark pair of denim jeans might be okay for business casual. You need to find out if other people will be showing up in jeans. I would say leggings are a no no. Nobody needs to show up in black leggings that you would work out in to business casual. Now there are tight fitting pants that you will see this season, but they come in a dressier material. You'll probably wear a boot with them. I would suggest a longer blazer, a longer sweater, a longer cardigan. That's perfectly acceptable. But if you think you can take a legging and you could also work out in them, absolutely not. Yeah, makes total sense. Unless you work at Lifetime Fitness. Yeah, but even the people that work in Lifetime Fitness that are behind the counters, they want them to have more of a professional Mm -hmm. business attire, right? So they might have a polo shirt on and a pair of khakis, unless they're teaching a class. It's interesting that companies are asking you to come in and talk about that. I would think in the world that we live in, it's much harder to literally put down policy. So companies, I think in many cases, want it to happen organically, or you can be a little bit more of the heavy because you're making suggestions. You're talking about what should be. You're not giving an edict for that company saying, This is what you have to do. Yeah. When I talk to people in companies, I don't say this is what you have to do. I encourage people to think in a different way when they're getting ready for work. Because if you get up and you put something on different than you would have if you're laying on your couch watching TV or reading a book and you put an outfit on your what I call the uniform right? Your, your brain is going to think differently. You're going to be more productive during the day. And I think that's the biggest thing that's happening to people now is they were able to 
wear either nothing when they're on a Zoom <laughs> event and just have the shirt from, you know, the waist up, right? Or their underwear <laughs> or their leggings and a pair of slippers, but then they had their Zoom tops on, right? And sometimes yeah. I would say to clients, please go get dressed like you were going to work again. Actually, even put shoes on because you're going to think differently. You're going to sit up straighter. You're going to talk differently. That's just what happens. Right. You're setting the table for a better process, for a better day. For yourself. Yeah. Are you throwing the plasticware and the paper plate on the table to eat or are you setting a place for yourself? It's kind of the same thing. Are you taking the time to think about this to set yourself up for a better day? Katie, that was fantastic what you just said. I'm going to use that. Oh, you go right ahead. (laughs) Um, So business casual is a very tough one. And I think people struggle with that one the most next to resort casual. Yeah. Because the other ones, you kind of know what you have to do. You can choose not to do it, but you know what you have to do. Just remember that you always think upgrading yourself. I don't think I've ever seen an invitation that reads, come like you are when you're sitting and watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a very special event. If you think about it, whatever it is, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a nice dinner for work, whether it's a nonprofit event, whatever it is, it's special just by definition of having it be an event. It's special. It's not something that happens every single day. So give it its due. Exactly. And I'm going to say that next time you go to any event like this, Katie, this weekend, People will be dressed up. I want you to look around the room and I want you to see how many people actually have great posture because they are dressed up and they walk differently. They talk differently. They smile differently. As much of a hassle it is on the front end, once you do it as a woman and you might get your hair done, you get your nails done, you put a little makeup on, you throw some jewelry on, you feel better. That's the truth. And, and, You don't want to be that person that's being talked about because they just didn't take the time or the effort or they just didn't care. Well, if they truly don't care, it's not going to bother them and they're going to have just as good of a time. But if someone takes the time to write something on an invitation, that's how they want all their people to show up. Good point. Okay. Now. (laughs) So we're not going to talk about what Katie just did on this Zoom, but then (laughs) let's talk undergarments. Okay. So. I've, I've talked about this a lot. I'm not going to get into it too much, but what I am going to tell you is that when you're wearing a long gown and a full length gown, you have to really think about that. You don't want panty lines. So depending on how tight the gown is or how loose the gown is, I'm going to make some suggestions. If the gown is very tight and it is not see-through and it is a full length gown, do not wear underwear. If you (laughs) think, Oh my God, I can't do that. That's that I just can't do that, then you need to get a shapewear that will come all the way up to your bra line to all, all the way down to the top of your knee, because that way you won't have any lines. Don't get the shapewear that actually is shaped like underwear because you're going to see the lines. It might suck you in, but then you're really going to see the lines. That's a mistake people make. If it's a loose fitting dress from the waist down, it doesn't matter. If you have a strapless dress, Make sure you either have had it altered so that you don't have to wear a bra at all. Reza talked about this on our podcast. Or when you're getting a strapless bra, try the strapless bra on with the dress before you're going to put it on the night of the event. Because strapless bras get very goofy and sometimes they can take all that 
fat and push it up under your underarms and you're not going to like it. So keep that in mind. Take the time to do that ahead of time. And of course, get the right bra for whatever dress you're wearing. If you don't have to wear a bra, there are so many bra tape, you know, there's many different words for it. There's a new one that's come out where you you can either be a C or a D and you put it over the nipple and you just pull it up and tape it up and then you don't wear a bra at all. But the girls stay upright and it works fantastic. I forgot the name of it, but it's great. It was designed by a woman in her 60s. Yes, I am familiar. Have tried them. My problem is the dress that I'm wearing is, uh, what would you call it? Strapless. Uh, It's strapless, but so it doesn't have shoulders either. It's strapless. Right? Completely strapless. (laughs) But I mean, you can have a bra that's strapless because you have mesh or you have different things like that. You can need a strapless bra. But in this case, I can't have anything between the top of my bust and my shoulders. Right. So that's not, I could probably wear it upside down. Nobody wants to see that. No, because then the girls won't be upright. They'll be down, (laughs) down, downward dog. (laughs) They will be doing a downward dog, which really makes me think of my favorite joke. What does an older woman have between her breasts that a younger woman doesn't? What? Her belly button. Oh, (laughs) that's a good one. Um, Okay. So enough of the undergarments. Yes. Yes. I've had enough of undergarments. Let's talk about jewelry and we're going to end with handbags. <laughs> what are shoes? Oh, yes. My gosh, we do have to talk about shoes. Okay, let's talk jewelry first. All right. You know, when you're dressing up, jewelry's fun. Or if you have really good jewelry, put it on, put it all, you know, don't put it all on if you have a lot of good jewelry, but wear your jewelry, enjoy your jewelry. This is a time your earrings can make noise, they can glitter, they can sparkle. Your The only thing I'm going to tell you is if you have a bracelet, make sure that the bracelet is not going to snag your dress. That is one big problem. Otherwise, wear the bracelet, wear the earrings. I wouldn't wear big earrings, a big necklace and a bracelet all at once. Pick two out of the three. Mm -hmm. If you have a dress that comes up high, don't wear a necklace, wear earrings and or a bracelet. And I would also say, even if you have a dress that's lower and you're wearing some really stunning earrings don't wear a necklace i agree with that and rings yes you can wear rings i would say that if you're dressed formally keep the rings refined and sophisticated and clean if it's a cocktail party or resort casual do the fun rings play with it have fun with it but be careful when it's a formal event now lisa if i ever get invited to a state dinner and i have to have those long white gloves on can i wear to order them can i wear a bracelet on top of the long white glove like at the Met Gala, if you if you want to Google it, a lot of women had the white gloves on and they did wear the jewelry. I mean, if you want, you can. But actually, a white tie event is very traditional. All right. Very refined, very traditional, I would say. The that. Met Gala is not traditional. Right. But but <laughs> a lot of people come as if it's white tie. So. Sure. Makes okay, sense. Let's talk shoes. Oh, wait. One more thing on jewelry. If you've got a lot of embellishment, Let's just say you've got embellishment on the dress. Let's say you've got silver embellishment on the dress. Can you wear gold jewelry? Yes and no. So I tell people that let's say your dress has silver zippers or silver buttons or something like that, very refined, and you only like gold jewelry, perfectly fine. But if you're wearing a dress that has a lot of stuff on it and it's all silver, 
I would not wear gold. You might not even need jewelry. Right. Handbags. So does the handbag have to match your shoes? Yes and no. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's say you decided you, you, you're a cocktail attire and you have a great pair of red shoes. Do you need to wear a red handbag? You can. Or I would stick with something metallic or black. can always wear black. But I wouldn't do a red pair of shoes with a yellow handbag or a purple handbag or a handbag that has all those colors in it for cocktail attire. You can always wear black. If you're wearing all black, you could do a, met a metallic shoe in gold, silver, bronze. That's always very nice. And if you're going to do that, then match the handbag. Okay. So if I'm going with a silver shoe with my black dress, you would suggest a silver handbag as opposed to a black handbag? You can always wear black. Okay. But there's also evening bags of all shapes, sizes, price points yep. that might have jewelry or all sequins or some embellishment or satin, you know, like a beautiful silver satin, small clutch that has the zipper has a little bit of sparkle on top. I always encourage people to buy one handbag like that, either in a metallic or in a black, that's just for dress. You always have it. You don't have to think about it again. It will always work. And it's kind of fun, really, because events and weddings, things like that are few and far between. It's always fun to pull that out. It is fun. And you know, Katie, you would tell people, if this is a handbag that you don't use a lot, cover it, put a, a pillowcase over it or something so it, the dust doesn't collect on it. Mm -hmm. It will save it and it will last forever. Absolutely. And that's yeah. why when you buy a very expensive handbag, they give you a cover for it. Use it. Right. I use it on every single one of my handbags. Dust covers. Big fan. Well, I'm a big fan of you, Lisa Rubin. And I know I'm probably your worst client ever. <laughs> no, you are not my worst. <laughs> I so appreciate the advice that you give and you share with everyone. It seems daunting until you really start thinking about it. And if you keep some of the tips and tricks handy, then uh, it can be a really fun process. I really think so. And you'll feel really good. You know, I have so many clients that are, that are now going on three or four day trips, and they might have one night that's formal. During the day, they have activities, but they, they say what the attire is going to be each day. And they're like, oh my God, I, I can't deal with this. But you break it down and we get the outfits ready to go. And when they come home, I usually get a nice text that says, wow, Lisa, I felt great. I loved what I was wearing, blah, 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 blah. Because you do have pieces in your closet that work. So take the time and find them. You can Absolutely. always buy more, but everybody has stuff in their closet that works. Absolutely. And when you're going through your things to see what you're looking for, and if you're trying things on and they just don't fit and you just don't care for them anymore, we've talked about donation in the past. There are many organizations that will take your gently used good quality clothing. And so we normally put a nonprofit spotlight in all of our podcasts. That's what we'll say on this one. Find somewhere that you really like to donate to. That's an organization that can really use what you have to dispose of and make it a kind of an ongoing thing. I don't know about you. I have a I have a couple of things that are always in my closet. They're in my entryway closet. One is a lake bag, things that need to go up to the lake that 
I find throughout the week or whatnot, or if I brought something home accidentally, it goes into the lake bag. And then I have another bag that I use for donation items. And once that gets full, then I take that away and it goes to donation. Great idea. Yeah, it's just an easy way to do it. And I strongly encourage everyone. Also, we're jumping into fall. I don't know about you, Lisa, but the last couple of days, there's been some really crisp mornings and it's felt a little fallish. And I think it's going to be a great time to go check out new offerings and things going on at Rustica Bakery, our dear sponsors, rusticabakery.com. You can go in for lunch sandwiches. You can go in for treats. They have incredible coffee. Two locations, right by Bidet Makaska, which is over by Punch Pizza on the, what would that be, the northwest side of the lake. And also in Southdale Mall in Edina, and both places have the most incredible parking. You can get in, you can get out, and you can give yourself a little treat. And I know that fall is kind of that time. I bet there's going to be some pumpkin offerings and yummy things like that. So rusticabakery.com. We know that you love it as much as we do. What else, Lisa? If people want to get a hold of you and get more information. My email is lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net or they can visit my website, wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am Katie at katieharms.com. Website is katieharms.com. Listen, if you like what you're hearing on the View in Your Mirror podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, any podcast that you listen to so others can benefit from all the amazing conversations we're having. Every time you leave a rating or a review, it helps someone else discover the View in Your Mirror podcast. We know that if you listen to Lisa's tips and tricks, as well as your good instincts, you're going to have a fantastic view in your mirror. Until next time. (laughs) 